0: I see go acapella now. I'm on the west coast relaxing and chill I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, coming in fresh off of a week two Thursday night football action, Green Bay in Chicago. I'm your producer, Chris Law, alongside fellow producer Chris Brockman. We are filling in for Rich Eisen, who was in Green Bay, obviously, last night for the big Thursday night football matchup. Richie's actually going to join us, though, in a bit. We'll be phoning him up, but first, Brockman, how's everything going?
2: Well, it's going well. Uh, Thursday night game, a little boring in the edit bay last night, not going to lie.
1: Yeah, so um, what were you doing for the game last night? You're doing highlights, the highlight for the yeah, game? Yeah, the
2: Thursday night highlights, so our team is in there, my editor and Alex Maloney, uh, the highlight supervisor, and we're getting there. We're in there just hammering out, uh, you know, play-by-play, play. and man, defense was the... Uh, was the storyline early in the game? Bears and Packers D both looked good. Neither quarterback could really get going. Um,
1: yeah, I think the, uh, the two two high profiled offenses and what we had seven combined turnovers. Yeah,
2: there was yeah no uh, well, seven. Well, there were seven sacks just s- in the first half alone. Yeah, if Cutler threw four uh, interceptions, a couple of fumbles. It was yeah. The Packers turned it over a couple of times. Rogers threw an uncharacteristic uh, pick there in the third quarter that led to a Bears touchdown. But uh, neither offense really clicking. Cutler has had his struggles at Lambeau. He's now thrown 10 interceptions in three games.
1: It's funny because uh, the other show that I, I produce is NFL Fantasy Live. So Cutler coming into this week was a hot name, you know. Right. Him and Marshall had a great rapport week one. Hey, Alshon Jeffrey 15 targets solid.
2: for Brandon Marshall in week one.
1: Yeah, and then last night he just he let a lot of people down. Yeah,
2: zero <laughs> targets in week one. I didn't even realize in my main fantasy league, the retired Orangeman Fantasy Football League, a uh, little shout-out for those guys right there. That's the, league, that's the name of the league? That's the name What's of the league. What's your team name? Uh, the Colt 45 Hollywood Bandits. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I had Jermichael Finley playing last night, so I was obviously looking forward Who to, forward to that. Who is probably
1: the most disappointing tight end Gosh, the past three years.
2: he dropped so many balls, and then he had a fumble later on. I didn't realize until about midway through the second quarter that I was playing against Jay Cutler.
1: Ah, and so, because you saw no points being put right, up on the board I didn't see so any and, point. I was like, "Oh, okay." Then my, attention. you know, my guys.
2: I'm the only one who has a player in this game, and then I realized there uh, in the second quarter, my opponent had negative points, and I wondered how that was possible. And I realized, of course, I was playing against Cutler, who ended up getting him about four and a half points.
1: Oh, ab- yeah, absolutely brutal. Well, the uh, the Sergeant Slaughters had a had a rough first week. I'm in five different fantasy leagues. Three that I say I care about. Two I, I just play in, and uh,
2: yeah, I'm in f- I, I'm in five as well. I started
1: out three and two, which it's tough to get the when you're in that many leagues. Oh,
2: it's pretty much impossible. impossible. So I, went, five, I went four and one, and I was which is uh, yeah
1: a victory in and of itself.
2: Right. Which was the bummer because I am in a two quarterback league. Which for those listeners out there who know it's a whole different level. It's a it's an extremely different game because your draft strategy changes uh, and so on. So. Uh, Jay Culler is one of my quarterbacks in my two-quarterback <laughs> right. league, along with the Amish rifle, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So needless to say, I'm not expecting to win many games. Yeah,
1: we have rules um, at, at certain – if you're watching games with – if I'm watching a game with some <clears throat> buddies who I'm in a, a league with, they will not allow me to talk about another league in front of them because they get confused. That makes sense. It, it, it's fantasy etiquette. I right. think it's fantasy one of course. etiquette. When well, I um, when
2: I tweet about my fantasy league, I'm really only talking about the R O F F L. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm talking about the one that I care about the most when I say my fantasy team.
1: My uh, my fa- my one fantasy league uh, that we have our draft every year uh, in a little oasis town in the in the middle of the desert is um is called the OJ is still guilty league and uh, <laughs> and the the trophy is. Literally four and a half feet, and it has Is it O.J. Simpson. It has a photo. It's O.J. posing, but then it has a photo of O.J. with his, with his mugshot on it. It's, uh yeah, not not. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. The classic Time
2: magazine <laughs> but, cover of O.J. Simpson. So you
1: win the league, you know, you're, you're happy you win the league, but the winner has to then bring that trophy. Back on the plane every year four and a half feet. Yeah, so you have to travel with that thing. That's amazing on the It's crazy, but yeah,
2: we have a trophy in our league and uh, yeah. I always said that because we normally have our draft in Atlantic City um, and so I always said if I won the league, I would bring the trophy out that night. I like would yeah. take it to the blackjack table. I would take it to the club or wherever we now, went. Is it
1: Stanley Cup? S Can you put liquids in it or no? Ah, uh, you it... can't.
2: It's a football, but it's one thing. It goes from guy to guy, so each each winner gets a plaque and everything nice. to each Engraved year. Engraved on, right? It's right, you do. right.
1: You said something earlier that I think is kind of interesting for some people that listen. You mentioned the shot sheet and you're doing the plays. I don't think most people really realize. Um, what what is involved with that, and it's kind of a behind the doors look. So sure. whenever the the talent is on air, they're 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 basically doing a highlight of a game, but somebody has to cut that. Someone has to let them know. So kind of walk, right. walk them through that. What are you doing back there?
2: Uh, we're back there, and I have got I've got a laptop in front of me with the shot sheet, and I have a logger who's basically writing down every single play, every single cutaway, every single ISO replay that you see uh, that happens throughout the game. And meanwhile, I work with Alex and my editor, and we decide what to put in the highlights. So if Jay Cutler is sacked on third and long, and then on the next drive, Aaron Rodgers drives down and we a touchdown pass, we're basically telling a story. I used to be a sports writer, so now I'm just kind of doing it uh, visually, uh, laying out basically the story of the game so the story is Cutler didn't convert the Packer defense have been playing great and that led to Aaron Rodgers leading the Packers down the field to score a touchdown. so uh you watch games on, on our network and in ESPN and MLB and Fox and all the other channels uh basically this is what they're going through back there and I kind of write out everything basically it's bare bones what I give yeah. the talent uh how they fill it in with their own uh, unique twist or stick, yeah, jargon or, or, yeah, jargon stick, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know that's on them, but I'm giving them the basics, basically. Down uh, and distance, yeah. Third, and- third, nine from their own forty-one. It's maybe the seventh play of the drive. Second Packers possession. Rodgers play action looks middle for Jordy Nelson, uh, twenty-six yard touchdown. Or it was Donald Driver last night for twenty-six yards. So but- on a
1: night like Thursday night or on a Monday night, it's it's not as crazy. It's your job is just as busy. Well, it but- is it
2: is crazy in a sense that. Our highlight show with Rich and the Guys goes on immediately when the game ends. Well, on
1: su- that's what I'm saying. On Sundays, though, you should see our edit bays and where Chris is in that area. There are people flying around getting right, right. You know, new videos pushed and out. Or well, new, in that new, sense, new that there's, there's
2: 12 games going on yep. all at once. On Monday night and Sunday night, there's one game, but uh, time we're in a time crunch because if it's uh, like Sunday night Steelers-Broncos, uh, where it kind of came down to the wire, s- sort of, uh, we're up against it. So we're trying to add play. We we push a version. We send over a version to our edit control, and uh, so they've got that ready. And then we do a part two where we're adding plays late in the game. If it comes down to the final seconds, like Von Miller, Tebow's at the end of the game yep. kind of paying homage. You have homage. to have
1: that shot. That has
2: to be in the highlights. In so there. we're adding that late, and we're running a shot, sh- shot sheet out onto the stage uh, basically as they're reading the top end of the highlights so we're giving them something for the back end as they're reading the top end live tv is a uh a crazy beast <laughs> yes
1: it definitely it's controlled chaos sometimes yeah absolutely and a
2: lot of people at home don't really see it i knew before i got into this business i i didn't i didn't know what was going on you just kind of assume you see all the guys and and the you know the broadcasters do it so seamlessly and and uh, that's how you know they're pros when uh, they make it look really easy when the chaos is going on behind the scenes kind of like a duck you no. know? he looks calm on the water and underneath the feet are, the going, feet are, are going a
1: mile a minute right? yeah no absolutely i think it's just a, a cool insight a lot of people don't always know how the process is yeah people to...
2: always ask me well what 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 exactly do you do yeah. and you, try, you, you kind of try to explain it but you're like trust me I, we put together the highlight and you watch it, and on, TV. it yeah. on tv exactly
1: yeah. well um, the guy who was who was at that game last night, uh, Rich Eisen, is is going to join us here. We uh, we have him. I, I believe he's fresh back into the Los Angeles. He said that area. he touched down, right? Yeah, he, he got back. Uh, I think early this morning. Those guys all fly back early Friday. Good. Um, so we'll, we're we're going to hit on the game with him. Um, but any surprise out of out of how that all panned out? I mean, I, I I was surprised how flat Cutler was last
2: night's game. Yeah, you know what? I think. Um, I think just when you think you have Jay Cutler figured out, he reminds you who he really is. Like I think I think I agree with Charles Woodson in that in that respect. Yeah, I, I don't think his com- comments
1: after the game were interesting.
2: Amazing. Just stand where you are, and he's going to throw you the ball. I, I Same think old Jay. I think Jay relies too much on his arm strength and just takes for granted that he'll be able to whip it into these little tight windows yeah. and. Uh, I, false bravado? I, I don't know. He's done it before, and he just thinks he can do it all the time.
1: A part of me feels for him because you know, the offensive line there has been rough for a while, but personally, on a personal level, he always comes across to me as a guy I, I don't root for. Um, No, me neither. But then I saw him in that NFL shop commercial. Which Yeah, you love this NFL shop commercial, right? Yeah, it's great. You guys should definitely watch it on YouTube. And this isn't a self-promotional thing. I just think it's a good commercial because I personally never really cared much for Cutler's attitude and just didn't think he was was great. But he's he's really good in this commercial, really laid back and very personable. So I think it shows a difference. But if you look at that
2: guy, all of his press conferences are the same. He's got that same like – frat boy look i know you went to a big college and yeah, i went yeah. to a big college we know a lot of these these guys yeah, all, yeah. the guy you know the dude who who has that look he looks like he's an extra in like a ralph loren ad or something yeah basically someone you wouldn't want to be friends with and so he, all of his press conferences are the same where he has that uh, whatever even when he told the green bay secondary this week good luck good luck yeah like
1: he, uh, it's it's debaggery, I guess, is it, what it, I'm trying to say. Deep, uh, that's a new a new word here to the podcast. I like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, well, it was funny. Rich said, um, I think they they covered his press conference live, and then they came back out to the guys last night on Thursday night football, and um, r- r- you know they talked about his attitude towards the media there, and they, the guys in the set kind of gave him a pass, which I, I I tend to agree with. He was asked some pretty Ridiculous questions by the media, there where they're trying to get their soundbite or they're trying to tee sure, him up to, sure. to get some type of news. So it's, it's, uh, it's I mean, I, I've been in media
2: scrums. I, I didn't cover a lot of pro events in my days as a sports writer in Maine five years, but I covered enough to know there are people with agendas trying to ask specific questions Definitely. to get guys to go off so they can write their little entry or whatever their little blog or, or whatever it is. But Look, if you got the restraint, I, I respect the athletes who have the restraint to give a straight answer yeah. and not get caught up in it. And uh, Jay's one of those guys who doesn't really get caught up in it, but at the same time, he doesn't come across very well as he's trying to do he it. He doesn't do
1: himself any favors. It was no, just like in the not. playoff game where he hurt his knee and he was just sitting on the bench or, and, and not up helping Caleb Haney. It's the, the, the same old Jay as Charles Woodson would say.
2: Sa- same old Jay. I guess I guess we'll see what Rich Keep it up. You're going to lose. Yeah, yeah let's,
1: get, let's get to the man of the hour here. Rich Eisen now phoning in from his home in the hills of Beverly. Fresh back from his flight from Green Bay We now welcome in the host of this podcast Rich Eisen, Rich, how you doing?
0: I always love it when you introduce me as a guest It it is On on our podcast I mean, it's
2: nice of you to make time out of your day To to be on your own show you know, if
0: not me, who? And if not, now when? Of course He did big
1: time us on the first call, though We called into him the first time (laughs) We got the call back.
0: The yeah, call back. Yeah, you got the call back. Good for you.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, he's, he's busy <laughs> he at home. It's fine.
0: The Beatles would say.
1: Yeah, of course. So, Rich you had feet on the ground up there and up at Lambeau. How uh, how was it?
0: Oh gosh, it was incredible. It's an incredible atmosphere, and uh, what they do there is uh, put on a, a college type show. Um, I just love going to Lambeau Field in that town in Green Bay, and it's just small town America, Midwest sensibilities. And, um, and it's the big time of, uh, of big-time sports right in the middle of that town. And what it means to ever, I mean, Clay Matthews came on our set after the game and, and said, you know, we're rock stars here. There's no basketball. There's no baseball. Right. And Dion then, of course, added, there's no nothing here. Which, <laughs> as a host, that's always a fun moment because uh, the people there just open up their arms and everything. They couldn't be more hospitable. Um, being there and uh, having it uh, a place that 's been so successful, if not you know the most successful place. Tidal uh, football. town, town it 's just uh, a neat aspect that 's something that gets bigger and bigger every year and it 's now becoming more and more international has uh, uh, one of its more successful sites. Um, small town uh, midwestern america
2: you know what i I like you know what i liked, rich was uh the pregame show is now outside uh, among the well we didn't have
0: this one time i don't think we're going to get used to that college game day atmosphere where but i think they just you know our our management uh team saw the opportunity to try it see what it looked like uh with it being green bay uh, with it being September and it not being you know two degrees outside, where we see three people in parkas, you know, <laughs> sipping from thermoses, cheering, and uh, with it being such a big game, with it being the first of thirteen, with it being week two, all of that stuff together, I think um, is what led them to to try it out.
2: The atmosphere so, was amazing. Yeah, I mean, what was it like being on the set? Could you feel the energy?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. You could you could feel it. You could. You could sense it there was a nervous energy in the building because the Packers sensed Packers fans what they saw on Sunday, I think really unnerved them right the, uh, after a uh, two thousand and eleven season in which they were far and away, head and shoulders above the the entire league in the regular season um, the first first game in uh, had uh, notice served upon them that. That wasn't the case, at least right now, that San Francisco sort of had taken over that mantle. And, uh, and then on top of it, uh, it was at the outset of a short week where their long-hated rival was coming up the, uh, the toll road, and that rival, the Bears, looked you know, darn good at home, albeit, you know obviously against the, the 30-second best team from 2011's regular season but um, they looked pretty darn good and they were coming up the toll road with an opportunity uh, if the Bears had won that game and we discussed it on the previous podcast this week to go up two and a half games on the Packers with the uh, you know the record being 2-0 against 0-2 with the half game lead being the, uh, the tie break and the, the, the Bears would have the ability to sweep them in the season series coming up in week 15 in Chicago but instead the Packers win the game and wind up above the Bears technically in the standings right now. You right. Did,
1: did you get the sense at all that Aaron Rodgers wasn't too worried? He said after the game that uh, the, the team actually watched the scene in semi-pro where uh, you know, Jackie Moon talks, uh, they release the bear and he yells panic and everyone's kind of in a panic. He said, you know, they kind of did it uh, as a team builder just saying, hey guys, everyone outside of us is panicked. We're calm. Worried, yeah. We're good.
0: He, well, I mean, he, he you know, Dion sat down one-on-one for with him for our pregame show and and just sensed, um, you know, um, an even-handed coolness, which makes sense because of who he is and what he does. But uh, two two games in, that, that offense isn't clicking. I mean, obviously Greg Jennings not being 100% in week one and then being 0% in week two uh, is an issue. But, um, you know, Cedric Benson, is, in, even though he had a very good game on Thursday night, he's not... 100% up to speed. Even Alex Flanagan uh, during the game had a, a sideline report essentially saying that he's, he's still going up to his tight ends and, and fullbacks to let him know where, where he likes them to be in these plays. And, and he was dotting the I. The I formation is not exactly what, what the Packers are, have been using. Um,
1: How's your number 11 overall fantasy draft pick, Jordy Nelson, looking through two Well,
0: I, I know. I mean, was, uh, he, he, he has yet to hit the end zone in two games, and that's the guy who had 15 touchdown catches last year. Yeah,
2: you know, and James Jones and Jermichael Finley, you know, they got the dropsies.
0: Right, and, you know, I mean, if you took Aaron Rodgers first overall in your draft, you're sort of you're sort of tapping your feet right now saying, uh, when's this going to happen? You know, and there's a Monday night game, that's their next game in Seattle, which is not usually a good place for, for an offense to click on the road. But that said, I mean, uh, it's still just you know only one eighth of the season in the books, and they're one and one. Um, it's possible that they could be behind both. It's possible that the Minnesota Vikings could lead this division by the end of the week because um, the Lions have a very difficult assignment Sunday night in San Francisco, and the Vikings are, are in Indianapolis, um, and uh, it's it very the very are going to be without Dwight Freeney, right? And they're going to probably be without Collie and. You know, luck obviously will be better at home than he is on the road, um, but it is possible that through two weeks that the Vikings could be the undefeated team in that division, and everyone else is one and one.
2: Wouldn't that be something?
0: It's possible. I mean, that, you you'd have to say that's uh, probable. But if not, I, maybe everyone's one and one after after two weeks, giving credence to this being as wide open a division uh, that a lot of people think the NFC North could be.
1: One of the uh, one of the big storylines coming out today was obviously Jay Cutler got sacked seven times, through four picks, but uh, I guess he he bumped into one of his linemen getting in his face. What's your stance on, yeah, on kind of how I mean, that?
0: Jamarcus uh, Webb, Webb? Um, yeah, Jamarcus um, Webb. Well, I, I'm, you know, I mean, a quarterback's going to get frustrated when. When uh, Clay Matthews turns your left tackle into a turnstile, which is yeah. what he essentially did last night, three
2: and a half sacks for Clay last
0: night. You know, um, the Claymaker. Well, I mean, I, 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 personally, I think he he, uh, he should have had more. I think he should have had four full, actually. Um, and I think the tape will review that he's going to end up winning. They're, they're going to give him the full sacks. Yeah. But at any rate, um, you know, that's the issue with with Jay Cutler is is. We, every, it's, it's, it's like every week you, you have a new take on him, that he's either turned the corner or um, he's the same old, same old. You heard what Charles Woodson said after the game. He's the same old Jay. All we got to do is be in our spots, and he'll throw it to us. And, um, and then you take a look, and, like, what sort of leader is it if he's yelling at his left tackle? But if Tom Brady's doing that, which, you know, you see many times he's being very demonstrative with his guys – um, then it's just him being uh, um, a leader.
2: Aaron Rodgers yeah. was yelling yeah. at James Jones after yeah. Jones ran yeah. a bad route, so, and Rodgers I mean, got a that's, pick that's, in the that's third that's quarter. That's the
0: rap that Cutler has, and until he wins a big game, I know he won a playoff game to earn the NFC Championship game at home a couple years ago, but to date, that's sort of the only game that he's needed to come up big in and, and played big in. And um, last night was an opportunity, man. I mean, the Packers were definitely not clicking. Uh, that's why uh, Tim Maste of punters are people Two fame <laughs> uh, had the first touchdown pass in the game and had the only touchdown pass in the game until uh, third quarter.
1: So, so until, Rich, you, you come out of your walk and talk. Yeah. You, you do a, You do a walk and talk on the sideline for the, the game and no lie coming right out of your walk and talk. That's incredible. Punters are people too. Tim Mastay, touchdown. Like, what's going through your head when I that was, happens? I was
0: ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did think, you know, because uh, I know Deadspin did a um, did a, a piece. You were the screen grab of the I day. I was the Rich. screen grab about how I guess that what I was wetting my pants because Thursday night football was back. I'm so excited. Yeah. Which, th- by the way, which by the way isn't that far from the truth. You. I mean, the, the caption
2: is you. I think in
0: middle of beast mode. Yeah, yeah I was actually. in the middle of doing the he's a beast segment. Right. And. Um, you know uh and the, but the last line was that I'm going to the punters of people too line a little too much and I thought to myself you know what I've got this 2 minute hit and all we're seeing is punters and my twitter feed was filled with people saying hey this game's proving punters of people too so I decided you know I'll go there even though people might accuse me of being uh, a little self promotional but as you and uh, regular listeners of this podcast know when has that ever stopped me? <laughs> never <laughs>
2: So, Rich, Rich, you got six million eyes on you. Why, I why not? I am right on
0: it. I just said, you know, this game has proven that punters are people, too, especially since that line was born with Mike Mayock on the set at the draft.
1: Very true. So
0: uh, I thought it just sort of tied it all together. It was a natural sort of, as they say in the business, organic way to use it. Dropped it. And then next play, Tim Mastay. Uh, I mean, you know, first, here's, here's, here's the way I watched that play unfold. And my first thought is this. I have the Packers in one of my fantasy league defense. And I'm yeah. like, did I just get special teams points <laughs> is my first thought. And then I see the play, and it's Tim Maste flipping it out to uh, Crabtree. Crab Crab yeah. yep. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's a pass? And I'm like, did a punter just throw it for a touch? And then I heard Nestler say that. And then uh, Drew Christensen of, uh, of our research team, him and Matt Pomeroy were there, uh, it was a two-person research team uh, this time around in, in Green Bay, just to give you a, a sense of how important of a night it was for our network. Uh, he said it was the first time ever in Lambeau Field regular season history that a Packers punter had thrown a touchdown pass. And it was the 300th all-time regular season game in Lambeau Field last night, too. Wow. So I'm like, wow, this is just punters are people to kismet. Um, and I figured, all right, <laughs> first person who tweets <laughs> me about that, I will retweet it with a link. Um, for people to get the t-shirts. And I gave, by the way, Adam Podlish got a shirt last night, and uh, Tim Masteg I gave him a shirt last night. Oh, I, saw, nice. I saw
2: you tweet out the picture of the shirts that uh, you were no, brought. I was
0: looking for them. Yep. So. Yep.
2: Uh, how would you rate your walk and talk on a scale 1 to 10, well, Rich? You know First what? of I the was season. A rusty. Okay.
0: I was a little rusty. Um, I also was wearing these uh, big, huge shoes, because I wasn't going to go dress shoes last night, because the, the, the weather report had a soggy evening the soggy tundra right. soggy tundra and um you know I'm, I'm a veteran of this game now there's no sense in you know you, i mean fashion's one thing and being comfortable and and not stupid is another you didn't
1: go d on sneakers though, so i you? nearly
0: got caught up i i practiced the walk and talk you know i walked a few steps and good good Gave good. it a whirl um but i'm only gonna get better i'm only gonna get better uh and i'll be damned if i'm gonna stand still and do these reports of course but, you know, I, I might, I might have to do the Stu Scott thing a little better, hand in pocket. Maybe even take a step, like a 45 degree step first. You know, like I like you're like a running back. You're like a running
2: back, Rich. The first step is the most important.
1: Now, now one other one other thing that we noticed uh, last night on the broadcast, I believe it was the post game broadcast. It was brought to our attention through Twitter. Is yeah. you were wearing a uh, a, a sweatshirt? Yeah, well, you were taking a lot this, of heat on correct? Twitter last night. Rich. Know, one
0: guy called me Nancy. <laughs> yeah, I retweeted that one.
1: I uh, I sent Brockman a tweet last night saying, uh, "Hey, hey Brockman, we got to do better." Friends don't let friends wear sweater vests. And uh, yeah. I actually <laughs> was liked, liked, I liked liked wasn't look. hating it. I kind of like the look. The no, I like was the Was it look a rich. was it a vest or was it a sweater it, it was look- a sweater. Yeah, if it's a sweater, I love it. But a, no, a no, sweater a vest. vest. There, were sleeves. there were sleeves. Oh, see, well there's a big difference Well, we there. couldn't see that he had the jacket on.
2: The I, I, the I, jacket I, I liked
0: for, it. for for a layered effect. I mean, it was low 50s and Mayock did a cute did you know he's not again too far from the truth when he mentioned how I have northeast roots, but uh, my blood's thinned out in the California air. That's true. That's true. That? But, you know, Marshall went with, like, zip-up, zip-up, uh, fleece-lined jacket. Yeah. All right? So um, he's in the Hall of Fame. I want to hear it. <laughs> I, went, I went for fashion and comfort. Like I said, I thought I, th- I liked it. It was a good look. Thank you. I thought it was good too. I just couldn't believe I had I to mean, go in that direction going
2: r- Right, you're not going to roll out the sweater vest in San Diego or anything or Carolina well, next week. Vest.
1: If he's not going vest, then it's, it's a more than apropos uh, attire. Well, end, there's a so. difference
2: between a sweater vest and a three piece suit.
0: Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're fine. Well, Dion went three piece last night. Well, I, I mean, Dion goes eight piece with the chain. Right. He went with the chain too.
1: I would expect nothing less. The one other thing that we saw that was, I think, hilarious from last night was uh, Mooch's Lambo Pool.
0: Uh where, Lambo Pool. Where yeah, did the that... Lambo Lump is what <laughs> yeah. I believe. Lambo
1: lump, it. that's it. Yeah. Where, where did that where, who's the brainchild behind the that?
0: Brainchild, that one? You know, our, 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 our talented producing staff, uh, Bardia Shareus, our coordinating producer, Absolutely. Chris Wirtz, and the rest of the crew, um, trying to come up and with each one of these um, uh, locales um, a unique thing. Uh, where we're going to have fun, but it's going to be, you know, not forced. Right. And uh the first thing was to, to you know, get Mooch to jump up there too high. You know, uh, white men can't jump and certainly not uh <laughs> white men like Mooch can't jump. And then we figured, like, maybe we could step up. And then we we heard from, I believe the team was concerned, liability issues to get Mooch in there. But Mooch got pulled up. He got pulled up and in. And he went in without any protective cupware.
1: I noticed. And you know there's some brave grabbing
0: that goes on. Very brave. And um, it's he, like the bottom he, of a he huddle. He came through unscathed. He came through unscathed.
2: I also like the gift bag at the end. That was good. Clay put a punter real... shirt in there for future use. I think Clay loved the Dion CD.
1: Now we're, we're burying the lead a little here, too, Rich, because in the pregame show, I saw a lot of promotions for a Eminem podcast. Yeah, the throughout was
0: built into the rundown. Built with the into the rundown. It's a Did bur- you hear what my response was? It's two years. I'm like two years. My show's been on here <laughs> What do we
1: got to do here? We got to talk to Bardia? We got to talk to Wurtz? Oh,
0: no, you talk. To, you got to talk to management. Right to the top. To we got to go to the top. I but mean, then I, as you know, I gave more more M and M podcast mentions than our podcast mentions for the rest of the pregame show. Oh but, yeah, because it raises all boats.
1: It does. It does it raises all boats. Speaking of our podcast, you can also find it on the new NFL 12 app. It's easy to yeah. consume on that too. And what, so. and
0: what's this? What's this Facebook poll? Yeah. NFL 12. What?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, iTunes is on their Facebook page. They are doing a uh, a vote for the nation's uh, favorite sports podcast. We are one of the five. Yeah, we're uh, nominees on there. We're, we're
0: losing to other.
1: We're losing to other.
0: <laughs> Is that true? We're, we're losing to other. Oh no! It's yeah. uh,
1: it's the Dan Patrick show. It's our show. It's Nick and Artie.
0: Nick and Artie. It's and then the, the BS. ESPN shows are running away with it. Yeah, it's the B.I. Well, B- I saw I saw Will Bond after the game last night. He was there. Um, and and, how do they uh, call that a um, podcast?
2: The- it's just the show that they. Put on a podcast form? Is that right? Yeah, they just
1: uh, repurpose the show. They're not doing any unique content. Who? Uh, the, the, the PTI one, right? The PTI content. Oh, yeah.
2: the, it's just their show, right? Yeah, the twenty-two minutes or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's just a repurpose.
2: That's kind of the show. cheating.
0: Well, I mean, other than the the issues uh, that they have um, with the visual aspect, whenever they wear their costumes or whatever, or the faces, you know, that they put up in front of them, it's not that visual. Yeah, you, it's really like listening to it's li- like listening to an argument show.
2: All right, Rich, a uh, big slate of games on Sunday. Yep. Any, any ones in particular catch your eye? That Jet Steelers game kind of stands yeah, out for me. Um, I,
0: you know, obviously, I think that game is gonna is gonna hinge on who's gonna be up or down. Um, Revis just getting out of a fog on Friday was the report. Yeah, yeah he's Going ruled out. Non-contact drills. If I'm the Jets, I, I keep him sat. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a marathon, man. This is week two, and that's right. why I think the Packers made that decision with Greg Jennings. Get that groin injury better now. Why have it linger a well, whole season? As we
1: record this uh, on a Friday mid-morning, um, Darrell Rivas just ruled out by the Jets. for is that Sunday. Right? Yeah, so he's ruled that out Sunday.
0: So, um, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. It's smart. Sit them down. Um, I like that. They as could a, even, They could even sit them two weeks because they got the sure. Dolphins next, right? And um, I like you know, that no as offense. a Mike Wallace fantasy owner. Well, I mean, in that respect, with no Revis, that's pretty big. But if there's no palomalo or no Harrison for for the Steelers, that's pretty large too. And Marshall made an interesting point in one of our meetings when we were talking about uh, the games this weekend. Is that is that Tebow, this is why the Jets got Tebow for things like this, that the Steelers, you know, played the late game Sunday, um, yeah. probably didn't get back in until, you know, obviously back at it until late Monday as a, as a team and as a preparation. So it's sort of a shorter week in that regard. That now, after planning for Peyton Manning, left, right, up, and down, now here comes the possibility of Tebow, and we saw how Tebow sort of gave the Steelers a little bit of fits, and this is the last type of guy that Dick LeBeau likes preparing for, and just even the threat of him is is taking. If it takes even a minute away from the Steelers' prep time that they'd normally have, that it's worth it, and that if you throw Tebow out there, that this is the weeks that they this is the weeks that they get him for. Is that now um, when you're going from week to week to week, the threat of Tebow and the ability of Tebow to get in there and change things up is, is the advantage that the Jets have. And he thinks that you're going to see a lot of Tebow in Pittsburgh because of that. Certainly because Sanchez has struggled mightily against Pittsburgh in the past yeah. and, in, and in Pittsburgh uh, itself, even though one year they did get past him to get to uh, an AFC championship game. But all that said, uh, it's a different team now. And um, he thinks Tebow is going to be a factor this Sunday because of it. In one, even if he plays or he doesn't, which is an interesting take on that. Hmm. Um, so the Jets Steelers are, are fascinating there, especially since if the Jets pull pull off the uh, the road win, that would put the Steelers at zero and two in a hole. And the Ravens Eagles is a game to me that I'm excited to see. Yeah, you know, I mean, Ravens looked great Monday. They did. And uh, just backing up, as you know, I said when Jerry Ferraro was on the podcast earlier this week, I went ahead and did pull the trigger on a trade for Joe Flacco. I got did? Him. I got what, him, and I'm starting him.
1: What was the trade?
0: Uh, I sent Miles Austin for him.
1: Miles Austin for Joe Flacco, straight up.
0: Yeah, because they, they already had Phil Rivers and Sam Bradford on their team.
1: Uh, uh, see, I have trouble executing trades. That they,
0: were, they, had, they were a little thin at receiver.
1: I'm always hesitant to go against my draft strategy. So you mentioned the 425 game is that Jets-Steelers um, game, but that... that, that uh philadelphia game at one o'clock i mean they their offense looked pretty bad week one the Browns should have beat them
0: well from week one to week two is usually a big difference i'm I'm not going to put too much stock in that other than the fact that is that uh you could just chalk it up to a bad day for everybody vic play callers offensive line everybody Uh, i'm gonna expect eagles to be better they're home they've got more they've got a game under their belt I expect them to be better, but I think the Ravens are going to win, and I think Flacco's going to light it up. I really, I'm, I'm going to believe in Joe Flacco right now.
1: You're on the Michael Lombardi I'm Express. A, I'm on
0: the Flacco-Lombardi bandwagon right now. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to ride it until I'm disproven. It could be one week. you know. And even though I have Roethlisberger in fantasy with Revis out, it makes me do want to give a little bit of a pause. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Flacco and uh, the reason why I traded Miles Austin is I've got Vincent Jackson, I've got Julio Jones, oh. and I've got Tory Smith. Wow.
2: Now oh, there you go. So Match
0: I'm it put up. all three of those guys with Flacco. And the one guy I'm still concerned about is Michael Turner. I am just, you know, I'm a little nervous about having yeah. the new offense with Atlanta that he might get lost and and that Jack Quiz Rogers is really the guy that fits that high tempo up tempo style. You, so You talk about the Falcons rich Monday night. Yep. Denver in town. Nationally televised games for Peyton Manning. That's what happens when you come back from 610 days off, and everyone wants to see you. And um, you know, Matt Ryan's only lost four times in that dome, uh, 26 and four all time, as he and Flacco uh, are at the top of the list of of most wins in the league by quarterback since both of them have come in. So, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm I'm very very uh, eager to see what Manning looks like on the road and what um, what the Falcons look like against that defense. And um, whoever emerges two and zero will have a, a a great start to the season. You can great
1: watch. Start. You can watch one game. You can either watch the Monday night game with uh, Peyton in Atlanta, or you can watch the uh, the Handshake Bowl Sunday night. Which one of those are you tuning? I'm going
0: to I'm, I'm going to go Ravens Eagles. That's the one I'm really looking oh, forward to. This for the whole week. whole of Yeah, that's the off one the I'm board. really looking forward to all week. Uh, I want to see what this Ravens team looks like defensively with Nada. We saw what they looked like without him. I mean, now here comes Nada back from his one game off. And, um, and Flacco, I want to see what he looks like the next week. Ray Rice and LaShawn McCoy in the same game. I mean, there's weapons all over that field. Defense, name players uh, for a 1 o'clock game. I mean, I'm, I'm fired up about that.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. Are the sure. Saints in trouble this week, Rich?
0: Yes, yes they are. On the road in Carolina, um, and you know the Saints fans will definitely let you know. But uh, the Saints have struggled on the road uh, in division. Um, I'm not saying that they've lost these games, but they, it's been it's been a struggle for them to win them. And um, and Cam um, off that uh, division loss on the road to start. Um, we're going to see them um, uh, next Thursday against the Giants. So this is uh, this is must win for for Carolina. I know it's it's early in the season, but you can't go down 0-2 in your own division with a short week and the defending world champs coming into your building 4 days later. You just can't. That's 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 that's, that's that reeks of and 3. Yeah. Um and you just can't have that. No margin for error. And if you are going to move forward, if you are going to be a factor in your division and if you are going to uh, back Ryan Khalil, um, which is what they've now made t-shirts because Ryan Khalil, as you know, put out that full-page ad in the Charlotte Observer about making a Super Bowl run and having, what, a sterling silver victory ride or something like that, he said. (laughs) They made up these T-shirts with the Panthers logo on the front, and I've got Ryan Khalil's back on the back, which is interesting that everybody's making T-shirts now. Have you noticed that? We started Um, something, Rich. Yeah, and um, so uh, I I think the Panthers uh, realize this sense of urgency, even though the Saints clearly have one, too. But um, I think the Panthers can pull this one off, and I think the Bucks can beat the Giants too. By the way,
1: Bucks over the Giants, so I 0 think and two uh, for the Giants. I, well, basically. as
0: you know, I'm I'm high on the Bucks because uh, I chose right. Shiano as the coach of the year. Um, and their
1: quarterback named a snake after you. Um,
0: yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I wrote it down. I don't remember where I have it written down. But I got Marshall and Mooch to do the picks thing too. Oh, over nice dinner on Wednesday night. Oh, excellent. So we'll we'll revisit that when I see them on. As you
1: as you mentioned those, we do have uh, some breaking news into the into the podcast here on the um, on the update of where we're at for the REP picks (laughs) percentage wise. Um, (laughs) We'll start with our new uh, our new person bringing up the caboose at Chris underscore Brockman with his New England versus Green Bay Tom Brady Lovey Smith McFadden Stafford picks seventeen point five
0: percent. Well,
2: McFadden and Lovey took a hit this week for me.
1: Big.
0: Big well, listen, let's, if we took the week to week pulse on this thing. I mean, Of course. I, I think let's just revisit it right now, 17 games into the season and not touch it until between weeks 4 and 5. Let's yeah. make that let's make that Let's make that pledge. Because, you know, the week to week thing uh, we could drive ourselves nuts with that
1: well i'm just i'm just impressed that i've I've moved up from last to second place oh, like, you're just
0: excited to be i'm just excited uh, to be on the on uh, the board having, having having the conventional arrow pointing up on any <laughs> pole for you <laughs> You're this going to be is, happy about that. This is
1: this is true, but we do have to. Um, I think we're we're going to stop taking submissions for this now uh, from the fans. We have a we've well, got gotten...
0: I mean, Ferrara, I think, was the last one, right? Yeah, Ferrara. the yeah. I mean, he got it, and I, I think we we didn't have to asterisk him, especially since I think he took Rodgers for the passing champ. He did uh, in two straight games after what we saw from Week One, which is you know it shows you that he was just going to go with his gut and not his head right there. So.
1: No, definitely. One, one last game. Just want to hit on. Does RG three go two and zero, or does he struggle with? I don't know the Junior Rams Harris, are Jenkins and Finnegan,
0: team, who by the way host the Bears next week. So um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say how horrible the Rams have been um, the are past they, five years. They should have won. They should have beat the Lions and, and throw that and throw that up as saying that uh, they're going to win this week. I, I mean, the Redskins are are, are not. Yet, in my mind, a position to sit here and assume are the better team, or assume will be the victor based on just after Week One. They strike me as a team that needs to continue to play mistake-free in order to have a chance. Yeah, and um, and let's not forget RG three's still a rookie. Um, so uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, were, I'm not going to sit here and say that. Uh, yeah, absolutely, they'll they'll beat the Rams and they'll be two and zero. I mean, it's it's possible, and it's even maybe you could say likely. But um, I need to see I need to see more of what the Rams look like um, than than the last five years. And based on Week One, they're an improved team, and they've got more of an attitude. And we'll see what their home field advantage looks like too.
1: No, absolutely, it's just amazing that coming into after Week Two, the, the Redskins could be two and zero, and the Giants zero and two in the NFC East.
0: I mean, it, it's possible. I, I think the Giants should they should beat Tampa. At home, I mean they should, but as, as we all know, the Giants frequently yeah. play down a competition or, or play or, or shoot themselves in the foot at home, and you know we'll see. But I really liked what I saw from the Bucks Week One. I really did. That running back is the real deal. Uh, our 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 podcast snake owning friend um, looked really good. Um, he, he's he's looks fit, trim, smarter and um, has more weapons at his disposal now, uh, like Vincent Jackson, who he hardly even threw to. Yeah. And with the Giants banged up in the secondary, Vincent Jackson should have a nice day. Um, I I'm, I'm, do like the Bucks, uh, but I don't know, you know, uh, the Giants should win that one. But I wouldn't be surprised, even though I said that the Saints uh, are in trouble or should be concerned, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Panthers-Giants was 0-2 versus 0-2 with some serious desperation mode on Thursday night next week. Hmm. That's my way of basically not taking a, a stance on anything. <laughs> but we are in the anything's possible stage of the NFL. Of course. It's early. Nobody knows right uh, now. Nobody knows. Nope. So
1: uh, at least your, your Wolverines scheduled a, a one A team this
0: week. Yeah, we want UMass this week. <laughs>
1: I mean, come on. What's We go- want
0: UMass, Amherst. Um, yeah, that's what we did. But a, a
1: tune-up for Notre Dame hey, next week.
0: Listen, starting against Alabama. Yeah, that, that's true. That's that takes cojones man. No, that's true. And uh, we had ours handed to us
1: <laughs> on a fork. They look good. Uh, Alabama looks. I mean, they they lost we what four to guys to the first is, round
0: on defense. Nick Saban is the Belichick of his of his level. I mean, he is he has reached the point where, as long as he's the coach and has that system in place, they've got a chance to be the best team in the league. And um, and he knows how to recruit. He knows how to coach them up. He knows what to do. And and um, uh, until until I yeah, I mean, and and I I truly believe it's going to be most likely a team, and then their conference is the only team that has a chance to knock him off. USC maybe, but um, yeah,
1: those was at USC. Look so uh,
0: USC, Michigan's not at that level yet, man. I'm just hoping to make it to Pasadena. Um, I'm hoping that happens but um you know we almost tripped up at home to Air Force we we've got a lot of improvement to do there. No, absolutely. Well what about Penn State who do you got?
1: We got Navy. Uh, Navy's on the docket for us um, and uh, they're coming to Happy Valley it's a 3:30 kickoff. All right. And uh we're hoping to get our first win. That that game last week was just a, a tough one. Yeah, was a rough. That, one. that poor kicker. But uh kickers at the Division 1 <laughs> level apparently aren't people too. But anyway, hey, we know we know you, you got to get going here. Yeah. I'm back. Uh, you're back from Green back Bay, though, right?
0: I will see you guys this week.
1: All right. Thanks, Rich, for joining yeah, us. Guys, Appreciate it. Rich, be
0: good. See you All later, right. boys.
1: That's going to do it for this edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. A special thanks to our humble host, Rich Eisen, who phoned in from his home after a late late night last night at Lambeau Field. Chris Brockman, always a pleasure to, to chat with you. We'll see you next week when Dennis Miller joins the show here on the Rich Eisen Podcast.
0: Stay listening, friends.